Hey, okay, so this week we're going to start off and end off the podcast on some serious talk. Um, and so I'm going to kick it right over to you, Desmond, to, to start this off. Yeah, you know, episode 10, uh, I think 10, you know, it we've, is, been, yeah. we've been keeping we've been keeping at it. It's been and it's been fun to do this. It's uh, it's been a good season so far, not uh, notwithstanding the last couple games, but uh, it's for it to be fun. I don't know. It, it's hard for me to do this podcast and. I mean, it's hard for me in general. Last couple of days, uh, with the the shooting in in Atlanta, um, I'm I'm Filipino, and you know, to be clear, I'm Filipino man um, and fairly racially ambiguous looking person. Clearly not white, but um, I the the conversations I've had with uh, Asian um, friends of mine that that are uh, women. Um, and just in general, the, the, the rise in, in hate, uh, hate crimes and, and, um, violence and discrimination and harassment of, uh, of Asian people since, uh, you know, the coronavirus, it's, uh, it's, it's all very heavy. I mean, I, I put a long, um, video on my personal Instagram, which if you're interested, you should go over to at when dogs dream, um, on Instagram, um, and, uh, you know, um, but it's, it's a heavy, it's a heavy moment. So, you know, we, tonight's Islander game is the first one with like season ticket holders and, and fans, um, diehards in the building. Um, now let's talk about going back to normal. It's, uh, for a lot of people, not having the Islanders was the worst part of, uh, not being able to go to an Islander game was the worst part of their, um, <laughs> period of coronavirus. It hasn't been, you know, increased harassment, increased threat of violence, and uh, um, you know, it's just, and it's 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 frustrating. I I feel the need to also say this on this podcast because it's frustrating. Like I said in that article that you know Arthur Staple interviewed me um, over the summer for, it's it's frustrating seeing the um, kind of like white male traditionalist. Uh, energy in the fan base that comes out with shit like this that that you know is quick to you know spring to i think you're being foolish to call this uh you know a hate crime and i think you're uh, oh it's always it's always on trump like how is this trump's fault it all this like this fucking logic where where they're they're constantly trying to cape up for uh you know gaslighting and and just uh completely dismissing the perspective of non-white people um, in the service of not having to think about it or, or, or not uh, not feeling shitty about, or just being tribalistic about their shitty views and, and, and political. And uh, I mean, with the fact that fucking cops, you know, saying the guy just had a bad day, um, it's, uh, you know, and, and then you find that that cop was posting uh, coronavi- uh, coronavirus uh, imported from China, you know, T-shirts and shit like that. It's uh, it speaks to you know we we've been inside for a year, and it, for me, some people all they wanted was an Islander game again because they wanted distraction, and it's it's crazy to me that um, 
I don't know. I, I, I rarely do I feel as distanced from the demographic of of hockey and and the and the fan base uh, as I do, you know, in the last couple hours um, or la last couple days. Um, but I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I but I I I was glad to watch the game. I'll be honest. I I I had a fucking just a shitty day at my regular ass job today. And, uh, it was nice to watch the game, but it's, uh, just, I don't know. Uh, it, it it's the type of thing where it, it, this can't, as I, you know, like I said, go to my Instagram page at, uh, when dogs dream. Um, but I'm, the, people need to actually get involved in causes and pay attention to their, local activist groups. Um, so it's not just uh, essentially stopping by a car accident, looking at it and then going, oh, that's just awful and driving on. Because um, it's not just Asian people, all sorts of marginalized people, black, uh, Hispanic, uh, LGBT, immigrants, Muslims, all sorts of people, uh, Jewish people have been under attack um, and it's increased a lot over the last couple of years. And frankly, I worry that, that the coronavirus is something that, and, and, you know, lock-ins are just things not being, you know, normal public capacity, that there's something really hideous uh, and evil that's conjured up worse in the past year, that uh, once things open back up, I, I worry that it's only going to get more violent. Yeah, uh, that's, that's all pretty well said. Um off the right off the top of your head and uh i i kind of always stand by the the bare minimum that you could do is kind of just the, the bare minimum you could do is is share and also kind of get it at the root which is when you see your shitty cousins and and your parents and your grandparents you know when you see them poking fun at these kind of things uh, not not in particular these tragedies, but but kind of the more passive type humor stuff. Uh, the the bare minimum is to kind of just be like, hey, you know that this is where it starts, right? No, for sure, and and I think that I mean, there's all sorts of institutional problems here with with law enforcement and who who rises the ranks of law enforcement. They clearly, we we you know all the money that goes to the, these local law enforcements, they they don't. They don't stop these things, and when then it comes down to them, you know, having to prosecute them or, or, or handle them, they uh, they clearly have 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 kid gloves with uh, with white um, perpetrators. And, it's uh, it's it's legitimately insane. The like it's it's uh, it it is like criminal after criminal when when these things happen, they they they're captured alive and like like you said ha handled with like handled with such care and like you you could really tell that that Atlanta police chief was like really looking out for the feelings of that of that fucking evil who whatever that thing was yeah. uh what like i i don't know man it's it's like it's so it's so gross it's to, to me that there there's institutional aspects of this, uh, you know, guns, uh, you know, there's that there, there's, there's the, the fact that, that these, 
women. Or, well, I, I, I don't look, I, there's been all sorts of conversation back and forth. I, I, I've, I've seen certain people say that, that these women were, were sex workers and that that's why, and that that narrative has been utilized and, and this whole sex addiction narrative aspect is part of like this disposability of sex workers. And there's so many things that, that, that you can feel out of this. Um, and if you're not tackling this at a cultural level or an institutional level, um, in a, in a social life level, I, I, there's not, there's no point in, in sharing anything. Honestly, there, there isn't no, like any point in sharing the infographic. If, if everybody themselves is not going to take personal responsibility on these things, because as frustrating as I am with the people that, that, that are just complete shitheads and we'll be getting into all sorts of different hockey culture shitheads at the end and just societal shitheads at the end of this podcast. Um, but it is, it's as frustrating as those people are. They clearly are pieces of shit. You know, they're aggressively um, being, being this uh, bigoted and, and ignorant. Um, it's more frustrating. The people that, that I think are just looking to not uh, potentially get made fun of for, for uh, having any sort of principled values and in, in, based in equity and, and, and human dignity, you know, like, like, like I, I see people that are just trying to do the bare minimum without getting made fun of or having to take on anything in their life because it's pretty easy most of the time when you're just waiting for an Islander game. And that's the, that's one of your main concerns. That's a, that's a great way to put it. And, um, I don't want to say a great way to segue. Cause I, I kind of bef- really quick before we, before we move on to some hockey stuff, I, I kind of do want to touch on something that you said about it specifically being a, potentially a, a targeted crime against sex workers. And it's like, this isn't new. This is something that yeah. this is this is the the most I, I would I would I would say most serial killers and this is just serial killers. Forget about uh, random one off killings and 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 uh, spree killings like this. But like they target sex workers and there's a reason for it because of this, yeah. because of what one because of this weird hatred for women that they have and that kind of is like it, it's it's it doesn't stop at women. Um, but also because police don't care about sex workers at all. And they're, they are human beings and people. And the reason that serial killers get away with what they get away with for so long historically is because police departments, they, they simply kind of just brush it all under the rug until 15 people have gone missing. And they're, they're like, uh Oh, I think we have a bigger problem here. Uh, and the bigger problem for them is is bad publicity. By the way, it's re- they really don't care that that sex workers are being killed. And I mean, yeah, all, all these you know, think about how many last podcast episode, last podcast on the left episodes that have been about instances of sex workers being killed, and and the the, the one of the the main suspects ends up being a police officer or perpetrators is a is a like is is a it's, police officer. It's it's uh, and it's a lot of the time people who. Uh, and, and the scare, even scarier than that is a lot of time it's people who want to be police officers but for for some reason or another weren't able to or some kind of position in power adjacent to being police officers and it's it's the the characters that kind of they you know they want to be police officers they hang out around police officers they actively get involved in uh like police community work it's it's it, there's 
there's something weird going on there. There's it's been going on for decades. Uh, yeah, Kyle Kyle Rittenhouse in Kenosha was like a junior cop or whatever. Yeah. He, like that was his fucking you know dream was to be that. And it's that's 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 a that's exactly it. It doesn't. It, it's not a serial killer thing. It's it's not just that. It's a it's a spree killer thing. It's random. It's random one off killings. It's it's just it, it it's insane violence. Whether they have, lead to murder or not, it's 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 horrible. It's it's violence in all forms. So yeah, and it's I mean it's time legitimately like if if you are so afraid that you're gonna get hit, well it's at a point where you got to start. It's it's better to stand with someone because there's a chance any of us gets hit. Um, and and it, your, your your best chance is to actually stand with people rather than hoping it's not you someday. Yeah, yeah. Um, anything else you want to anything? No. I mean, I, I mean, I, you know, to, like Long Island. I mean, the guilt uh, hasn't there been quite a, a bit of speculation about the, the the Gilgo Beach killer. I mean, weren't weren't, weren't a lot of those killings, um, or it's, weren't some of those sex killings? Uh, some of those kill, those killings were women, right? So uh, the Gilgo Beach thing is, from from what I understand. Uh, all all of it kind of leads back to ties within the police department and like there's there's all of that like all you, you you know you hear about it being conspiracy or it's tied to the police department but you it's kind of a thing where you you, you kind of look at all of these other similar similar instances and cases and and you go hmm uh, I guess this could be an outlier but maybe probably it's not well. Yeah. And, and, you know, to, to bring it, I guess, to the Islanders, the Islanders were a nice distraction for a bit tonight, although that second period, as we'll get into shortly, was not good. But I, I get that people want to, you know, oh, I don't want to think about the other stuff. Well, you, the fact that you don't want to think about the other stuff is a sign that you know it's bad. You should probably put more effort into making the other stuff better. That way, you know, when you come out of your distraction, you're not fucking horrified. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, uh, but, but yeah, you know, so I guess, uh, the Islanders, you know, and it, as far as distractions and getting to watch the Islanders, of course, like, you know, the Islanders have had all this good publicity lately. Yeah. Like, they, they, they've gotten so we talked about it a little bit last episode, but they got like everybody, every podcast, ESPN, like, th- like I think the Islanders got three or four thoughts on 31 thoughts. Yeah. You know? yeah. A lot like, of Adam Pellick talk. A lot of Adam Pellick love. And it was like, so the hockey world was watching and like, damn, th- of course, they, they see the Islanders uh, lose to the, the Capitals and Flyers. Yeah. So. All right. Let's let's kind of take it back a little bit to. Uh, there's a four game stretch between the last podcast and this, uh, they played the devils twice. They beat them both times. Uh, Sunday was a very weird game. I kind of wanted to get into it a little bit, but it's the tonight's game was, is, uh, I feel like we got to touch on that a little bit more and we've got so much more to get to. So, uh, basically they lose Anders Lee. Um, that's the big story out of those devils games. Cause they yeah. won, but, but they, I, I, they came out of it, uh, they came out of it weaker. So they lose Anders Lee. They uh, they lose J- JP Peugeot. 
or JG Pedro uh, to COVID protocol thing. No doubts in the COVID protocol. JG Pedro comes back for the Capitals game, but uh, they're they're without those two on the Sunday game. They're playing a really weird game. Brock Nelson scores a goal with one second left in the period. They drag it to overtime. Uh, the Devils appear to have scored in overtime. The league, the league calls it back because it's offsides. Uh, because when it's in overtime, the league automatically reviews it, and the Islanders did not challenge that. The league looked at it and said, "Hold on a second, that's offsides." And then they go down in the shootout early, which is always like a very uh, uh, moment. And then uh, uh, Anthony Bavillier ties it up in the shootout, and uh, Oliver Wallstrom seals the deal. And they win a very weird game before losing two to the Caps and Flyers. Any any overall feeling on? We'll get to the e, the Lee injury and the uh, stuff like that after. But uh, other than that, any any takeaways from those Devils games? I mean, from the from the Devils games. So so I actually uh, I I did not see Sunday's game. I saw Saturday's game. Um, so so I, I guess while I, while I just kind of uh, look at the the box score to refresh my brain of the game Saturday, when you were watching Sunday, mm-hmm. um, like d- d- were you watching live? Yes. Did you did you for even a second think like oh that, that's coming back? Uh, no, I turned the game off. Uh, I turned the game <laughs> off. I I was uh, I was hanging out with with Lauren. And we were watching 90 Day Fiance. She likes to watch 90 Day Fiance. Uh, My mom loves 90 Day Fiance. There's a lot of characters on that show. Um, and so I'm watching the game on my phone. And uh, sometimes when we watch, I'll have a game on my laptop and a game on my phone. And it's mm-hmm. it's kind of insane. Uh, but anyway, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. And I, you know, I turned it off on my phone and then I go on Twitter and I see that People are saying, like, uh, oh, they're calling it back. So I was like, what the fuck? And I immediately go back and start watching again. And, uh, yeah, so it was it was a weird it was a weird experience. I thought they were so, going to lose, like, like three times throughout. Like, I, I, I kind of was just like, this this is over three separate times. Yeah, it, so, so it, it seems like, I mean, and in fairness, the fact that they they lost, you know, they, they lost... Uh, they were there without Lee and then like day of they lose Peugeot and like literally the game is about to start and they lose Dobson. Yep. Like Sebastian Ajo not having his gear, like be like undressing and then yep. having to put his gear back on. Like, man, that is awesome. And the fact that, that like he got an assist was like, yes. Immediately. So great. Immediately. So great. Like so, so great for him. And I also, I was like super, Confused because I was, uh, because I was like playing roller. I had a friend that was at the game, and like I was only getting like he was like he was the only friend of ours that was at at that game. But he was like blowing up the group chat with like it, it like it escalated from like you know picture him like just walking into the, the arena like super excited, and then he's like, Pajot's not playing, huh? and then Dobson. He, either what's going like is there are, are they are they making a trade for Ike like are they making an Eichel trade what's going on yeah you know all, all this uh all this shit and uh yeah um to get two points out of that I think is is, is pretty good even if it took shoot uh took going to the shootout yeah that 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 first game um 
so the big things were, I mean, that, that, that was the game of the future. That was, yeah. that was Wallstrom and, and, uh, and two Kiefer Bellows goals that, that the power move, the, the, the Kiefer Bellows great. power move was awesome. He tried it in the caps. He tried it in the caps game as well. I don't know if you caught that. He tried that that power move again. Interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was kind of yeah late in the third, somewhere mid mid third period, something like that. Um, but but yeah, yeah I, I mean that was the takeaway for me of of uh, of that. You know, I I, um, I I guess some something that I'm wondering about overall. Um, so on that game in, in that game Sunday, yeah, that was so that was that was Sorokin in it. Never mind. So so they are get, they are getting Sorokin back in the mix here a bit. Yes, um, yeah. I I kind of have a feeling that we're not going to see. We'll see him in a back. To, uh, it's tough to. Yeah, we will. We'll see Sorokin in a back to back game this weekend. Um, he's looked a little weird, but uh, I I I'm not holding too much weight with that. Uh. We'll see him in a back-to-back. I was going to say, we'll probably see Varley Saturday because I think Barry just wants a win. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just like, let's let's not lose two in a row to the Flyers, three in a row in general. Uh, let's, try and get a, let's try and get a win now. Um, and so I, I have a feeling that we'll see Sorokin on Sunday. Uh, but yeah, so so yeah, let's... Uh, they, they play the Capitals after that Devils game, the Devils series. Um and they they lost a pretty frustrating game. Um, I, I I don't remember much from it. I watched the game and I, I just like yeah 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 that was the same kind of well I mean the, the big takeaways from that well so I actually I missed kind of a reverse here I missed the first period where they were good but didn't score. That's right. They were very good in the first period. I was like, here we go. They're humming. And then you know they 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 missed out on. On some opportunities, Samsonov was great, and uh, they had a a rough second period. And the third was just like the Capitals did to them what the Islanders do to teams that they are holding a lead against. And 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 that that you know er, that early goal by Backstrom in the third period just killed. Yeah. Like, that that was just like that was a rough, that killed it. It was a rough penalty to give Mayfield, I think. Because it kind of looked like the two of them were going at it, and then and then what's his face? Our friend, our friend Scott Mayfield. Your friend, actually, you keep saying. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, it was a frustrating, just a frustrating game in general. And Wallstrom scored. That's cool. well, yeah. I mean, Wall- Wallstrom keeps scoring, which is great. But but yeah, it, it's and and you know the, the other takeaway from the the caps game was the the uh the matthew the matthew moments yeah which we had we had an early matthew moment tonight as well yeah. but he kind of i you know it's one of those things where i knew barrett wasn't going to bench him again he's not a, he's not a fucking idiot he took a bad double minor they didn't score on it and uh so yeah, that was so huge. I, I was like just bracing. I was just bracing for like, I was just bracing for uh, like the Flyers scoring on one, if not both, and just being like, all right, yeah, here we go. Let's start the pod now. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but, but yeah, no, yeah, Bar- Barzell, and I, I honestly, I, I do wonder if it's like, if it's a testament, um, to to Lee, you know. Because because Lee really was was, 
you know, pretty pretty equal, I think, into the to the value of that first line as Barzell this yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's composed. He takes faceoffs as well. He's he's strong. He's a good leader. He he puts pucks in the net. Yeah, he's you know I, I understand that like the contract. You know, the second that he signs that contract, everyone looks ahead to the last years of it and are like, it's a bad contract. He's gonna be bad. But it's like, okay, he's good right now, and losing him is bad, actually. Um, so you shouldn't be surprised that when he goes down with a season-ending injury uh, that the Islanders are worse off for it. And Barzell has to, Barzell has to, you know, he, or, he didn't have to read. I mean, he does have to readjust, but it seems like he's just pressing a little too hard. Like yeah, he, he, he's, he does have to readjust in some way because, like, you know, you've you've you're mainly a goalie, but but I'll yeah. it's it is a legitimate thing where you play with better players. It's it is just easier when you're a, when you're a skillful and good player yourself. Yeah. Um, and it's just like it. It's a thing where I'm not saying that Anthony Bouvillier isn't a skillful player, but but there is some kind of touch that Anders Lee has, and that it's a testament to his leadership as well. That yeah, his absence is significant in the sense that Barzell for sure senses it and feels like he has to step up. And feeling like you have to step up in certain circumstances backfires. And it's just like it's just a learning curve. Like he'll get used to it, and then and and slash or they will trade for help, which which let's get into a, a tie a ball on this flyers game and get into the, the Islanders had a really bad second period. Uh, yeah. It, it killed them. It, I mean, it, it like the Islanders are not good enough as, as much as they've, they've improved their scoring. They're not good enough to, <laughs> to be behind three, nothing like, like, like the, and you know what? No, no team in the NHL is good enough to be down three, nothing. If you're a Canadian team in the Canadian division, Maybe you're good enough if you're the Leafs to be down three nothing, but the Leafs aren't even a good enough team. The Avalanche aren't a good enough team. The Golden Knights aren't a good enough team to be down three nothing in an, in a game against uh, against a good team. And the Flyers are a fine team, but yeah, it, it's you know they're not the Senators. They're I, not. T- yeah, I agree. Not the Sabers. It'd be different if they were. And it's a thing where yeah, you can get away with blowing a three goal lead or letting up three goals and then coming back and you know the islanders almost did it they almost well i mean they they did they did tie it they they but they they blew it it's just like i it feels like to me i guess the aspect of like you know no team is 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 good enough to to go down three in the sense that like you have plenty of three goal comebacks but i find that that to come back from down three nothing especially three nothing in the third period yeah you you have to it 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 um it forces a a level of pushing that um just makes it easy to to have defensive lapses because like you 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 had to reorient the way you were approaching this game and it leads to that game winning goal where like you know your friend uh, Scott Mayfield That's uh, just not my complete like he he followed the play to the corner and then just like let the his man just like get like three like paces away in the center of the slot that's a uh, blown coverage is what that is 
It's just complete idiot. Yeah, your your buddy really fucking blew it. No, your friend actually. Uh, it's your friend. Well, but okay, but before we 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 close because on, on this game specifically, yeah. Because I don't know if we'll ever get to talk about this again. Michael Dal Cole <laughs> scored on a shot. I feel like this is the first time I've seen him score on a like actual. Uh, goal like go go watch the tape I, I feel like all of his goals have been like tap-ins or like pucks hitting off of his like ass or like thigh that's, uh, that's definitely the farthest he scored from i i don't i don't disagree it is it, it was a shot that you you uh <laughs> i watched the re because i was looking down when you know you, you're looking down i was doing you know they were down three nothing i was kind of playing guitar and I hear scores, and I'm like, "What's going on?" And I, I look up, and the, the the replay was just like, "Yeah, it's it's not a goal that you expect to go in, uh, let alone for Michael Del Call." So he he barely gets shots on goal. Yeah, he's uh, he 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 was playing pretty well in the beginning of the season, and like, I don't know, I don't. I don't know. I don't have an answer for. He's just Del nondescript. Call. Like, like he's like Tom Kunakel. No, Tom Kunakel has this weird energy to him that is. Uh, yeah. It is. Oh, more, yeah. It is more significant in a way. Um, he's a he's a poor man's uh, a Tom Kunakel who was drafted fourth. I think fifth. I think fifth overall. Fifth. Ah, uh, yes, fifth. Um. So yeah, uh, Sebastian Ajo. Well, got a five goal. is a is a poor man's. Uh, fourth interesting. so interesting that you would uh interesting that you would do that um <laughs> that you wouldn't just let that go um <laughs> uh sebastian aho scored a goal and wallstrom scored a goal at which point wallstrom man it's it's great yo wallstrom is like is such a fucking delight it's such a delight watching this guy that just like loves to shoot like the Islanders haven't had a pure like distance shooter no. um in in a long time like you know certain guys have been able to score but yeah. like they they were not like it's clear that that like um Wallstrom fills a quote like there's a this is kind of a, a very specific reference but um with the with that like miracle run that the, the the Habs went on like ten years ago, the Halak run or whatever it was. Oh sure, like, yeah, the Capitals here. Where he where, where he went crazy that that like that playoff run. Mm -hmm. A the like the B story to that uh, Habs team, if I recall correctly, was Mike Camilleri was like on fire. Yeah, he was because like great. He, he was like he was just having that kind of like. Uh, like sniper hot streak where like this guy has the puck and like as soon as he's crossing the blue line watch like out. watch out because he's like looking to wire it like top corner yeah uh so during quarantine before like the the towards the beginning of like kind of this time last year i didn't know when hockey was coming back i had no idea what the situation was going to be and i was i was missing it as a significant part of my life and so I rewatched some playoff series, mm -hmm. and that was one of the ones that I watched. I would just, 
you know, I would I would kind of do my do my thing, and while I, I had hockey on in the background, I watched uh, one of the series was that Halak uh, caps uh, seven game series that was fucking absolutely insane. Awesome, um, yeah, Camelier, was awesome. Cavalier was playing but, great. Halak was out. Of the yeah, game. and and, and Wall, Wall Stream just reminds me of like I probably like a bigger example um, before all the hot dogs. Uh, Phil Kessel, you know. Um, kind of had that um, vibe. Um, yeah, yeah. Just like you know, a uh, couple stride, like couple strides, and especially shooting in stride. Oh yeah. Um, that's something that like, well, I mean, tonight's goal though, it was kind of a you know not sharp angle per se. Yeah, it was a little sharp. Anytime you know you're a goalie, anytime that the puck is coming off the stick as a one-timer it's immediately like immediately 50 percent more dangerous probably yeah and, and but you know wallstrom just loves to shoot and he, he shoots from everywhere you know i, I and I, I wonder if if playing with pajot has been good with him good good for him because pajot's a guy that loves to shoot and like doesn't particularly have a like one spot like obviously yeah. he, you know you, you you like to shoot in high danger areas but like Pajot takes all kinds of shots, and I, I, I wonder if wouldn't be surprised if Wallstrom has uh, just gotten so much out of that. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's there's some kind of uh, some kind of learning he's done from just from playing with him. But uh, okay, anyway, so uh, they come back and then the, they they blow it in the last three minutes or whatever. So anyway, they 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 lost their last two. It uh, brings us to the Andres Lee injury, um, and he's out for the rest of the season. And now I I got the sneaking suspicion that they're going to target someone at the deadline or before the deadline. I wouldn't be surprised if we see it sooner than later because of, one, the quarantine situation, and two, uh, Lou Lamorello is a pretty aggressive guy when he thinks his teams are good. Like, the you know, the, the, the best example of that, in my opinion, is when he fired – was it Claude Julien he fired before the playoffs started and the team was in first place? He was just like, yeah, I don't really like the way that you're running. Was it Rob Fitorek? Was, was that was Rob Fitorek guy? Yes. Who was yes. mentioned in a 31 Thoughts uh, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, article. I don't, why, I don't know why Claude Julien came to mind. Um, but yeah, so I, I kind of have a sneaking suspicion that we're going to see something of relative significance. Uh, it could be as significant as Taylor Hall, which I kind of hinted at last last podcast. Uh, because his value's down, because Lee is out for the season, and they have the room, or it could be someone like Kyle Palmieri, or it could be a number of other, number of other uh, uh, people that could step into that. Uh, and uh, I'm curious what you think is going to happen. So, so I think that, um, and I'm just kind of, so I, I, I think that. Uh... Lee being out the, the whole season, you know that so that's seven million, right there. And then they have the they have the Boychuk space still, right? Uh, I don't know. I I I I I am not positive of uh what flexibility oh, that works. Have. Yeah, because because I, I'm of a couple of minds where you know, like you want them to make multiple moves. I, I I want them to make multiple moves, um, and and I I would rather, I think I would rather a 
two like a, a two solid moves over um one huge move that costs a lot of assets um I don't know. I, I, I feel like a guy that I, I, I really want them to get is uh, Nick Felino. I, I think I mentioned, I might've mentioned that last time, but, but he is, he, he's on an expiring contract. So you don't have to worry about it next year. Um, at least I think he's on an expiring contract. I'm pretty sure. And he strikes me like he's a captain. He mm -hmm. is a, he's a two-way player. He's a grinder. He'll, you know, he would, he'll fight for his teammates, you know, I, like it would have, I, th I think he would fit in the locker room so well. Um, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you on that front. Um, I, I just don't know what his offensive output is. I like legitimately not, not, uh, not saying like, I don't know, like I'm legitimately saying, I don't know. I have to look. I have to look at that. It, I think. I think. It, I think it's. It's not that great this year, but I think he, you know. I think he may have. He may have had like one twenty something goal season, but for the most part, he's like a fifteen to nineteen goal, you know, guy in a torts in, in a in the torts you know Columbus system, which is similar to the Trots um, Islander system. But I don't know. I, I just. I think that that. Um, a good fit. I think he'd be a good fit. I think I think he would help the room, and I think him playing on like uh, the third line left wing instead of uh, Michael Dalcole, uh, you know, well, I think yeah, would be, that's a significant would, upgrade. Would be good. Like, like, and 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 I imagine on, on the point of production, Nick Foligno is probably going to be playing with a better line than what, whatever he's playing with in Columbus by playing with. JG Peugeot, uh, Peugeot and, and, Wallstrom. and Wallstrom, you know? Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's, that, that's a good thought right there. And I, I have to think that if they do trade for someone like Felino, that's not the only thing they do. I can't see that being the, big... no, that, that that's not going to be. Yeah. What do you think they should do scoring wise though? Cause that, to me, like I, I, that's the bigger question to me is that like, I don't know. Cause at the end of the day, they, like they they lost their captain who was trend who was on pace like a thirty six goal over an eighty two game pace you know so that's in addition to the cat like Felino like helps with the captaincy and like just solidifies some like improves scoring in the bottom six but like yeah the top six and the top six left wing spot like it's very specific what the Islanders need yeah yes um okay uh. I talked a lot about Taylor Hall last week, and I kind of think that I don't know, man. I mean, even Elliot Friedman brought up that they might be in the in the mix for him, and that they kind of inquired about him this off season. Um, but but every time I bring it up to someone who's also an Islanders fan, they kind of um, they kind of just like like yeah, that's not gonna happen. And I don't know if it's because they don't want him. Uh, if they think he's going to cost too much, um, or if they they just don't think it's realistically can happen, uh, I think that he's not going to cost that much. I don't think there'll be an insane bidding war for him either. I think that his stock is low, and like it's not it's it's not going to be an insane amount that you pay for a Taylor Hall. 
Uh, he's got no term. It's a lot. It's a lot of money. I imagine that they'll make Buffalo, whoever trades for him, will kind of uh, hold on to some of that salary. Um, I don't know. I guess I. I, 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 I can see the Kyle Palmieri thing coming to fruition. He seems he seems like an Islanders type player, and he he's having a, another a, another guy who's having a bit of a down year, but he kind of fits the system. Um, he's he's a the the issue with him though is is. I'm pretty sure that he's like firmly a right. I, I it's okay. Well, according to Cap Friendly, he's listed as right wing uh, and left wing. I don't know. Uh, I didn't know that he also plays his off wing. Um, if that's the case, I, I feel like I usually see him on the right, though. You know, I do too. Yeah. So if if he's like, as it's the type of thing, is he like? Does he prefer that? But is he? If he was as good at, uh, on his, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's a preference thing. I just am leery. Also, if you're like looking to specifically put him with Barzell, um, I, I don't like when it li- a line has all the same sure. hands. Yeah. I, just, yeah. I just find that runs into issues creatively and in, in drawing up plays. You're 100% right. Um, um, so I, th- I think they need a lefty, which is why like, which is why, uh, you know, something that was interesting on the um, No Sleep Till Belmont podcast that they talked about was, would you do a Beauvillier for Philip Forsberg trade? Yeah, so I, I was going to kind of bring that up next, the Philip Forsberg thing. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I kind of was mulling it over when I, I think you or even Scott said in the chat, like, would you do, would you do that? And I kind of was like, hmm. And I never really gave a solid answer. Yeah. Well, but it's the situation of what am I thinking? Yes. Uh, yes, I would. Especially after seeing to, especially after seeing tonight's game. Yeah. Um, you know, Bo. I, I, I like I like Beauvillier. Um, it, it really does feel like he is falling in to that category of like maybe like almost Kyle Oposo esque of like. You know he's he's good. He's definitely more more skilled than than Kyle Poso. But it's like, is this guy really a top six guy, or is this a like great third liner? Yeah. And he's not because his numbers look like a second liner. But I just, if you can trade him for someone that's definitely a top six. So forward. so what's the what what? It's not a one for one. The Islanders got to give more. So what is the more? I know that so Bouvillier is an RFA that counts for something, that's significant. I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I would give I would give uh, one of those. See, here's the thing: I with any of these trades, it's that would you would you you know would you trade for this player, and then it's would you be willing to be the highest bidder for this player? So you got to you got to consider the first, and it's a thing where I know that you're pretty dead set against getting rid of that first. But uh, in this draft, which is considered a weaker draft, which is considered a defensive heavy draft, which we'll kind of get into, the Islanders are like, I, I don't want to say there's an abundance of, of them, but they're, they they seem to be good at developing defensemen. Um, there's, yeah, there's a couple yeah, in the wings. Weird. And uh, it's a thing where are you going to get in this draft a player like Philip Forsberg, or are you going to kind of hope that you do? Um is that going to be available? And if it isn't, 
why the fuck not? Especially if you think that you're poised to go on some kind of run and that pick is going to be in the 20s anyway. If not 30. The complication with a guy like Philip Forsberg, though, is that you... With Philip Forsberg, it's good... On, On one hand, for hockey reasons, it's good to have him because if you don't win the cup this year with him well you have a, you have a training camp with him next year yeah you know um but and you ha- you have next season but the expansion draft is this summer so that's one more player that they would have to protect. um protect unless they you know do some sort of backroom dealing you know trading uh as the islanders did last time jeff you know, bri- the, the, yeah the, the bribe basically the bribe trade which Again, it's like, what did they give up? They gave up, so so uh, they traded uh, their first round pick that year, and maybe a second round pick the following year, but definitely a first round pick that year. I think that's like what twenty seventeen. Yeah. yeah, first round pick in in twenty seventeen, Jake Bischoff, uh, who was like a, just a U.S. development prospect. I, I don't know if he's become anything i haven't heard his name at all so i'm assuming not um i'm not sure if there was another prospect but then also they they traded uh grabowski right and uh in exchange for them agreeing to uh choose barube in the expansion draft like the islanders you know uh, who knows? And, and when you do that shit, you are at the whim of the GM, you know. And and now that now that Vegas has happened, who knows? I'm I, I'm as a hockey fan, I'm excited. But as a Josh Bailey fan, because the jersey that I got this year, yeah, the value will decrease. If if he gets traded, I'll be I'll be very ups- or if he gets um, expansion, expansion draft. drafted. But uh, unless they're so- in the cup. It, it, it's com- it's complicated and and to that point so so now that i, I say that out like i i think it's it, it might be better for them to kick the can uh or k- kick the tires on hall because you don't have to deal with it next like because you, that's one less player that, that you have to you know protect yeah. and, and and think about it people were talking about how like is is taylor hall going to take a you know, a haircut to, to be on a really good team. Well, may, maybe he gets a taste of it here. Yeah. Yeah. And he gets to, he gets to hang out with his little buddy too. His little buddy Jordan. And, and honestly, that line could fly. That like, would be so sick. And then all of a sudden you've got an Anders Lee, Brock Nelson, Josh, Josh Bailey, Bailey second yeah. line. Yeah. And, and then a Nick Felino, Nick Felino, uh, JG Pajot, Oliver Wallstrom, or... Bellows. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, let's even just say that, that the Felino thing doesn't happen. Yeah. And it's, pff, let's go. But yeah. all right. All right. So uh, we'll uh, we'll be talking about this every week until something happens. Um, so. But the, the, the defense, yeah, yeah. The, the, the defenseman, you know, we, we, we got, we got, uh, so Ajo, like, it's crazy that Ajo didn't play for three years. Yeah. And like at times, like you know, it, 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 it's annoying that like he, he because he hasn't played in so long, he is viewed under even more of a microscope. So every time he's like on the wrong side of a play, it doesn't he need to be a goal 
it's like oh i don't know about it like yeah it it, it becomes this whole fucking like thing of like no if you don't get to have both of those things and like he clearly is good he was yeah. an ahl all-star the last year that there was a full ahl season yep he scored tonight he's got a couple it, assists they got they got bull duke they've got yep. uh robin Salo. it's it's like uh the bridgeport system developed pellick Pollock. they developed mayfield i know that i know that you're mad at him right now but you know he's an he's an nhl player um So, who else? Who else am I leaving out? Pellick, Pulak, Mayfield. Uh, oh, uh, no, Dobson. Um, yeah. Uh, like you said, Bulldog, Aho, and you know, Bulldog has to play in the NHL. Aho is fringe. He's kind of just playing because someone's. But but they did they did sign him to a a a two year he he has one more year on his contract and it's a one year yeah it's it's a one, one way, way deal which I, I also think that 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 might be um, expansion bait on some level yeah I could like see I, that I, I could see that being expansion bait um, but you know I think like you know to to your point about you know uh, trade targets I I could see. Bodie Wild being a, a guy that they are they are willing to um, part with, part with in in a in, in a trade. Um, yeah, because he 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 has he's had a rough he's had a, a bad he's kind of had a down two years as a prospect, which does hurt. But I think you know as a sweetener, that's a that's a good sweetener because it's a guy that is very skilled. But it's a change of scenery before even making the NHL is kind of it. It is a bit of a look like you were the throw in here. You were not like the prize like get yeah. here. Like they had to rationalize um you know, you your value here. Yeah. Um so I, I like it's it's good um that's why yeah, it's uh it's it's interesting Bridgeport so may, like maybe Brett Thompson is like good yeah. a good defensive coach but he that's... can't that's what offense for shit. That's the reason why I put this in that mm-hmm. th- that we should talk about this. It is a situation where Brent Thompson kind of gets he he kind of gets the third degree from Islanders fans uh, whenever he's brought up, um, and I think a lot of that's got to do with how Josh Hosang was handled. It seems like they had a pretty bad relationship, or at least at least like it, it had its rocky parts. Um, and everyone, you know, talk, kind of talks about like, oh, this guy can't develop players. Like, what are we even doing? Uh, and and then you look at all of these defensemen who, you know, he is the head coach. Um, it is under his umbrella of direction and development that these players have turned into regular NHLers and are still like, you know, all signs point to uh, Bullduck playing in the NHL sooner than later uh uh you know uh Robin Sala like you said there's just it's just it he might he might be okay and i i think it also might be that the island i think another aspect here is that it, the islanders just drafted drafted better and lucked out on their on their defensive picks whereas their forwards like the thing is the, the islanders have had like have had some talented 
draft like draft picks at forward, but they haven't had a talented center. And I wonder how much that affects everything. Not yeah. not drafting well at center affects your entire forward core. Yeah. Um and and influences how good off like how good offensively your team will be. So I, I wonder how much it, it, a lot of this is kind of a mix of these factors, but like I, I do think that that's to say that Thompson, you know, as much as I've been frustrated, the lack of forwards grown, it's like hard to say that there isn't a, you know, the correlation doesn't have a degree of causation here of Brent Thompson being like a, a constant there. And these defensemen, a lot of which have not been first round draft picks, um, yeah. have developed well. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, yeah, um, it's, uh, I still don't know if I'll ever go to a Bridgeport Sound Tigers game. Cause if, if the best thing I can go is like to, to, to go to Bridgeport, Connecticut and just watch like a couple good second, maybe second pair defensemen over the course of a, a minor league hockey game is a, is a big, uh, it's a big ask. I've been to a Bridgeport game as of I I, I want to say it was kind of I want to say it was when Pollock was uh, on the team uh, a few of a few of these guys um, I had fun I don't know it was it was okay they won I think I don't remember it was it was whatever um, but yeah <coughs> anyway <laughs> um, <laughs> all right two things I want to kind of uh, brush over really quick is the uh, the uh, sicko senators uh, situation. Have you have you seen this? Have you seen the cardboard cutouts and the just the 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 fan base posting it every time that anything happens to them? It's so it's these cutouts. It's these like two D cutouts. Are, are those actually at the games or yes, it's photoshopped on? They're actually at the games. It it's that that's the you know you pay and you that that's what they put on the character or whatever. Yes, that is exactly, and they Photoshop senators' hats onto them, and and it is this, you know, the the idea defeated is, that like this defeated cartoon person. Yeah, it it but defeated to the point where, um, it, he is a sicko because of it, and like, it the so the actual photo, the pervert game, the pervert. It's a it's a manifestation of the pervert game. Essentially, yes. That's that's actually the perfect, um, that's actually the perfect way to put it because they're kind of embracing that they are the this pervert team that like when any when anything good happens to them, they know they're bad, but they they love it anyway. And it's like it, it's 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 yeah. like it, it it's a situation where they kind of are psyched on anything that happens, uh, you know, like. A situation where they beat the Leafs, even though they are twenty points out of the playoffs, and they're kind of just like, "Yes, yes, Dude, the, yeah." That's that's that was so. That's been so much of my Islander fandom, like especially at, at the point where the Senators are now. Like when you're at the beginning of a rebuild, so like I guess like those like that oh eight oh nine, like the Mike Comrie Islanders and the Richard Park Islander teams were rough dark the 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 maris cherkowski like islander teams like winning a game was like sick 
Yes, and so, leading a, winning a period was great. That's and that's the energy of this sicko, this sicko character that these Senators fans are. I I was I was kind of thinking about it, and I really truly think that the Senators and the Islanders have a lot in common, like their their fan bases, especially as of the '90s forward, because the Senators don't have that rich history of the dynasty and and all these Hall Your of arena. Yeah, but yes, but but. Think about it like, you know, it, it it is a it is a little brother situation. Um, they are the they you know in that area. It's the Leafs, it's the Canadians, and it's like the Senators. Like, who really cares? And that's kind of the the energy that the Islanders get, especially when they when they didn't have this Barry Trotz, Lou Lamorello uh, situation going on. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just I kind of think that Senators fans have this sense of humor that a lot of Islanders fans don't. And it's, it's kind of like it is, it is a situation where they are so similar. Uh, but, but they grew up with universal health care, So like they, they, they haven't been hurting their whole lives. Yeah. And blaming little, everybody else for it forever. It's a, it's a little easier for them to laugh at these type of things. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, I just kind of wanted to, to bring that up. I think that that is truly hockey at its best. Um, yeah, and 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 yeah, I I, lo- I like you know it's interesting because I I actually do like watching the Senators. I, I oh, like yeah. watching I like watching some of their young players. I, I like watching. They're gonna be uh, good. T- Tim Stutzla is great. You know, oh. he he he's he's awesome. Jimmy, what a personality on that guy. Brady Kachuk, what a personality on him. Uh, Thomas Shabbat is like just just a good good player. Um, you know, and there's tons of you. You talk to a Senators fan. And they've got their, you know, we're talking about Samuel Bullduck and all of these uh, players. And they've, you know, I'm sure they've got a laundry list of these guys that are like, oh, this guy's good. This guy's going to be good. This guy's great. Um, yeah. So I, I love I love the Senators. I think Senators fans are some of the best, one of the best fan bases in the NHL. And uh, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. So that's why I wanted to bring that up. And uh, one other thing I wanted to touch on, two other things. Uh, the Avalanche, uh, have been hurt for a while. Cal McCarr, uh, has been out. Nathan McKinnon was out with a, with a head injury. Eric Johnson's been out. I don't, I don't know what his situation is. He's, he's got concussion problems. Bowen Byram's out. Uh, and now they're getting healthy again. And so they're going to, I just really quick in passing. I just wanted to say they're going to win their division by a lot. Um, (laughs) and, and that brings me to my next point. You've been watching a lot of wild games and you've been texting the chat about, Kaprizov a lot, and I just yeah. kind of wanted to bring it up. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I feel like you'd want to talk about it. Look, I, I mean, I, I I watch them a decent. They uh, I have ESPN Plus just because there's a couple there's a couple games a night that are usually on there, and for whatever reason, like the the Wilds tend to get a lot of games on there. But I've, I've been watching. Their 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 reverse retros are great. Like I, I love those yeah. reverse retros. It's great. Um, Kaprizov is. I, I I put on the game the other night because I saw. I feel like there's oh there's just I I put them on usually because I saw someone on Twitter like tweeting something that that game about Kaprizov making some insane pass through his legs as he's pivoting like you know yeah, uh, yeah. bow legged or something like it's uh, people love that guy everything he does I see I see it pop up on on the uh, on Twitter. It's great. He's I, he, he's great. It's uh, 
but I, I still, a lot of their team still is boring. Um, it's also good to keep tabs on, on Zach Parise in case Lou Lamarello just can't help himself. You know, it's just like, well, let's <laughs> see, let's see how he's, let, let's see how he's, uh, how he's doing. But no, it's, uh, he got scratched a couple games ago. Yeah. I, I oh, man, it's, uh, I don't know. I, it, I've been watching them a bit. Like I, I, I like watching random, uh, random teams. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I like watching random teams a bit just because, you know, it's nice. Uh, we're Islander fans. We've been fans of a random team our whole lives. And it's, it's sometimes it's nice just to like actually dip into the randomness of like a fucking, uh, I've been watching a lot of, uh, coyotes ducks lately fucking ducks so the the Brutal. avalanche the avalanche uh you know me i'm i'm a fan of the colorado avalanche dual citizen yeah yeah i'm a dual citizen and they uh they had a pretty interesting game interesting game against the ducks uh on uh, monday or was it tuesday i think tuesday yeah uh their third string goalie is the avalanche third string goalie was playing uh he let up like four goals on like seven shots or something like that and so the the avalanche go down four two in the first period they wind up winning the game eight to four and so they're the first team since the 80s flames to let up four goals in the first period and then win by four goals at the end of the game fun little stat that's an 80s yeah it's an 80s stat yeah i uh, I, I, I love those 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 uh, reverse retro ducks jerseys though yeah they they actually look um i went through this this thing with them where I liked the way they looked when they first came out. I was like, Oh yes, this is, I was like the sicko thing. Yes. Yes. And, um, and then I kind of was like, Hey, I think it would have been nicer if they went with just the classic mighty ducks thing. And then when I saw them actually on the ice, I was like, Oh yeah, those are actually kind of sick. The uniform, the, in general, like it's, it's not just like the Jersey by itself is one thing, but like the, the pants and the hockey socks they had, like, and the, and the gloves mm-hmm. and the helmet, like, everything else helped it. Where, like, the jersey, I I, I was already a fan of the jersey. It's uh, a jersey of a mascot wearing a jersey. Yeah, it's so cool. It's just, like, it's it's such a gives a shit. Like, the it's so numbers awesome. on the back of the jerseys are maddening. And the, uh, the Avs uh, play-by-play guy... It, the which, Comic Sans, the Comic Sans font, I love it. He commented on it a few times throughout the game where he was just like, I'm really sorry I'm getting some of these names wrong, but these jerseys are insane to read. <laughs> did he say that? He did, yeah. He was like, <laughs> it's like I'm losing my mind trying to read these numbers. <laughs> that, that rocks. Yeah, I, I, I will say, um, I find the numbers on the Islanders, uh, not the reverse retros, but, but the thirds, uh, like the orange and the the fact that it's like orange um numbers but white like nameplate like white lettering yeah. is like it's such a bizarre thing to look at like yeah. in a game um it is it is weird it's it's very blocky yeah um yeah uh but so yeah the you were kind of talking about you like to watch ra- random teams random um i uh I fancy myself watching, obviously, the Avalanche. The Avalanche and the Islanders are my priorities, but whenever I see Winnipeg playing, Ottawa playing, um, uh, yeah. there's there's got to be a couple other teams that I gravitate towards, and I just like cannot think of them for the life of me. The Sharks were a team like that for a while, but they became such a bummer 
Yeah, they yeah, their watchability has like, like fallen off a cliff. Yeah, and like I don't like watching a team I mean Oh, the Canadians I like watching too, actually. Um I don't love watching a team like the Lightning, even though I should because they play great hockey, but like I don't know. There's just something there. I've, I've, I, I, don't, I don't know. You know what? You, see, you know what I'm going to – maybe something we can try. Uh, for next episode, we should each pick a random uh, game to watch. I'm going to pick a uh, Panthers game. Ooh, yeah. I'm going to watch a – yeah. I'm going to watch a Panthers game um, because I've heard a lot – like they're, they're doing well. I just haven't heard – like I haven't seen – haven't seen a game this year because the Islanders don't play them. Uh, yeah. But I, I definitely, because I'm curious, because it seemed like at first it was like, oh, because Chris Dreger's doing well, but Bobrovsky isn't. But now Bobrovsky's starting to do well again, seemingly, or he's starting to play better. And it's yeah. like, if they're going and now Bobrovsky is going too, that whole that whole division's a different, like, beast. Okay. Uh my random game well it's not random because i watched these teams in the avalanche division uh i think i mean the most random i can go and i don't want to watch this game but i will watch it if you want me to <laughs> is the hurricanes of the blue jackets and i don't want to watch it Ooh yeah yeah it's a monday night you should watch that one okay i'll, I'll have that on while i watch the islanders um <laughs> oh shit oh yeah you can't so you can't can. watch that one i can though i could watch it while i watch you know how you know how it goes um i'll, I'll oh, you find sure you don't something wanna, you, sh- you sure you don't want to watch the the uh nashville predators detroit red wings on tuesday oh, my oh God. islanders are playing that night too so you're saved by the bell again yeah wow no well, you uh, can always watch the ducks and 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 minnesota wild on wednesday on nbcsn Anytime that, uh, first of all, those Ducks regular jerseys, I won't watch any game that they are playing those regular jerseys in unless it is, one, the playoffs, or two, a game they play against the Avalanche Islanders. Um, so, no, I won't do that. Uh, and the Wild, like, the, so, I don't know if you know this, and the reason I've been so snippy with you about the Wild thing is because the Wild have kind of a Rangers-Islanders thing going on with the Avalanche, and they have since, like, 2003. Um uh. I, I love it. Oh, because he re- because they retired Patrick Waugh. I wouldn't word it like that. Um, <laughs> well, didn't he retire it after was, that? It was like a coincidental thing where uh, it just so happened to be that he decided to end his four four time Stanley Cup career uh, after a, a franchise with zero Stanley Cups and uh, has never been to the final. I, I guess they have as the North Stars when the Islanders beat them. Weird how we kind of tie it back in. Um, mm-hmm. Richard uh, Park scored. Uh, Islanders legend Richard Park scored the last goal ever on uh, Patrick Waugh. By the way, tying it back, tying it back. So <laughs> let's uh, let's. We were going to kind of talk about Ralph Kruger, but we're really we're really humming on time. So one one sentence each on Ralph Kruger. I'll go first. Ralph Kruger was fired because the Sabers have lost thirteen games in a row, twelve before he was. The team is bad. It's it was a couple sentences, but that's all I'm going to say about it. Uh, Ralph Ralph Kruger, uh, they they finally you know the couple finally broke up, <laughs> and we'll we'll kind of talk about this a little bit more when they hire someone more significant than uh, bumping up someone in the in the organization that they don't have to pay. Um, 
All right, so let's kind of get into this to end off the podcast. Um, so Gord Miller gets tweeted at by a random, random person on random. Twitter uh, that he that basically said, "Hey, Gord." When are you gonna be on? When are you gonna be on Spitting Chicklets? And he tagged Ryan, you know, Whitney and and you know all all the other guys. And he was just he basically said, uh, "I'm I think those guys are great, but I'm not interested in being associated with Barstool Sports. Thank you." And then it kind of devolved from there. Yeah, and and you know he then elaborates. He he then elaborates later that he wasn't going to, you know say more on it but because he had been reached out to by female colleagues and uh non-white colleagues it made him feel like all right you know what you know if i'm already starting to get some heat for this you know this throwaway tweet that was just like a passing response to someone like he explained why explained the 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 the, you know sexist and racist past and, and culture of uh of of barstool sports and it's uh and why he doesn't want to associate with it, and uh, and why he thinks it's just not in in line with what he wants to do, and what he wants to do, what he wants to do like as a public figure, and uh, then like Dave Port, like obviously oh all these God. fucking yeah. you know barstool Christ. losers that like w- like they like simp. It's it's the same like it's the same thing with like the Trump, like, you know, uh, fucking cultist. It's the same all, mindset. Yeah. It's the same like cultist fucking losers. Like these people were, uh, a friend of mine would, would said like, the, like these people are just like born henchmen, you know, <laughs> like that's what they're like born to be. Like, it's just fucking pathetic. Um, and, and like Dave Portner, like, you know, that you're, you're, everyone's entitled to say what they do, what they want. But when you, you know, you come after this thing, like, and you, uh, you come after me and my, like all this with, with slanderous lies. And it's like, it's not, nothing he said was slanderous at all, actually, especially, if, especially if you're trying to frame in a legal construct, he's, he's trying to use legal framing while literally just, just operating on, on bad faith, like self victimization, which they always say that everybody else loves to play the victim. Um, but like. He in Portnoy's tweet, he was like, "Now, now, and he closed. Now, this is the part where my. Uh, now, this is the part where where uh, our fans look like the bad guys because they they defend themselves from being called Nazis. And it's like he never called you a Nazi. Yeah, he didn't call you a Nazi. You you just you both told on yourself, and like you showed how trig how easily triggered and sensitive your like dipshit fan base that wants to have like just complete vitriolic, bigoted, ignorant views and like uh, just complete sociopath shithead, like 14, these are, these are like 36 year old men that, that are operating at like a 14 year old, like emotional intelligence. And this is, this is kind of the business model, right? This is kind of how they make their money in part. Uh, They, they really like get people even more on board and more enthusiastic about being super into barstool uh, because of little conflicts like this. And like, there's some kind of weird pride attached to it. It's a jerk. It's a, it's a, it's a meta thing because it's, it's a sports company, a media company that operates on a, in a uh, way of like team building 
like making their consumers think they're part of a team, which is, again, that's how kind of how cults and pyramid schemes work, yeah. uh, where, where it's like, um, it's that fucking dynamic at play. Uh, it's so, it's so, and, and like mixed with also like, I mean, politics are now playing off of that, like right wing politics, right wing grievance politics play off of that shit too where it's just about like fuck you yeah, i'll kill for you man it's like what the fuck are you talking about you freak yeah yeah it's it's like we're getting a little too enthusiastic about a, a sports company a, a sports brand and like yeah i don't know it's just it's so weird and there were course... people in the replies that that literally were like I, you know i i uh I'll, I'll always have your back. My dream is to work at Barstool. And it's like, not kids. It's like, no, it's people like, in their 20s or 30s. Or 30s. 20s or 30s. And, and it's like, you're sad. You're, you're, you're sad and there's too much oxygen that, that's being taken up by you. You know? It sucks. <sighs> and, and like, and, and like they, they got so amplified that they were... Gord Miller's, you know, 16-year-old daughter, like, spoke up. And then they went after her. They threat like they're making threatening shit, and they're like, "It's insane." These people are like, they're legitimately sick. It is this fucking. It's that same January brain. It's the same. What? Hold on. What did you say? The, it, you know, it's it's that same January sixth brain. Yeah, uh, that's that's a good way of putting it. Um, yeah, man, and I think so. I've admitted to uh, you know I, I say it on the podcast all the time, both for uh, reasons uh, because I I think that the interviews are legitimately interesting because it is that peek behind the curtain type situation uh, where you're speaking, you're hearing players uh, speak to other players. Uh, I will listen to Spit and Chicklets, and it's a thing where one, I don't feel good about it. But two, at this point, I'm kind of doing it less about that because I am not feeling good about that or enjoying enjoying it at all. And more of kind of keeping tabs on what what they do in a mm -hmm. way. Not not it's it, it's like a thing where the, I I immediately have to listen to it. I listen to it in a passive way. And now, like, I immediately have to listen to this next episode they put out because I have got to hear what kind of insane shit they're going to say about the situation. And, and especially, especially with fucking Whitney deciding to like continue to pop off on this shit. And it's like, uh, he tw uh, making a video about how much he doesn't care. Um, which is the, uh, the best way to tell people that you don't care is to make a whole video post, uh, saying that you don't care. Um, and also like, oh, as if we invited you. I don't remember that. And it's like, no, he, di he didn't say you invited him. It was, people told him, uh, someone tweeted him to go, on, like go on the show and tell him to get in contact with him. And he explained why he wouldn't be interested in that. That's the fact of what happened. But they continue because, again, because it's part of their brand. And it's like, Whitney, Whitney's, a, he's a right, like Ryan Whitney's a, a right wing asshole. He like, he's all in on this so like he's the guy that's always uh on the wrong side of of all these fucking arguments he's always the one that like 
makes sure any talk about like racial justice, he's always defending, he's always making it about defending the cops or defending the military. It's always like dumb shit. Um, but that's, that's because he, he, you know, he is the bar, like he is the most barstool sports person of that crew. And I, I don't think the, the, the rest of them have enough of a spine because there are some people that were just like tweeting. There, there are some replies that were like, Chicklet should just become separate from Barstool. It should just operate independently. Yeah, you hear that about PFT all the time and like these personalities that they have that people like. Like, you know, it's a situation where, yes, I would feel better about it if that did happen. But at the same time, you're still going to have Whitney on the podcast, who is by far the most antagonistic of the bunch. Well, he, he's mad because we have the same amount of Stanley Cups. Which is so, zero, which is none, yeah, which he has. None, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, and it, it, it always ties back to this thing where I'm legitimately I'm legitimately curious about how R.A. and, and uh, Paul Bissonette are going to, what they're going to say about it, because you, you hear people who defend Chicklets all the time who are just like, those guys are good guys. Um, you know, it's not, they're not the same type of, uh, your standard barstool employee, whatever, you know, but they, yes, I, I understand that. And I, I like hold them in a higher regard than someone like Whitney. But what is, what is, you know, what does that mean? What does that mean? Especially at this, especially at this point, like, like, a, like your fucking fans, you're part of something that the mere mention of why, you know, you wouldn't want to be a part of it makes people go after that person's 16-year-old daughter. Yeah. And I, I, I... That's fucking insanity. That's like, that's like sick bastard shit. The smart, the smart thing to do, which I legitimately thought that they would do, because I'm sure that they've... You know, they just had Jeff Merrick on the podcast. They've got guys that are friends with Gord Miller and are, like, you know, in that same... Guys that... that I don't, it, it it's a thing where if you're if you're them why don't you just ignore it and it, it complete like like you're you're part of this network it is what it fucking is if you want to like i don't know man it's just like they of all people don't have to say anything about it just let it go and just just let it like brush it off but they, but they didn't. Well, yeah, they it would, it would have, yeah, it would have been, it would have been something that they could have had some level of like Portnoy's Portnoy, and that's like you know, yes. that's him, and which would have been bullshit, honestly, especially for hockey players who who love to talk about like standing up and all this other shit, and yeah. and like ha having good character, uh, another crock of shit, um, and, but like you know, so I agree, and, and to your point about Jeff Merrick being on there, kind of to come back to where things were at the beginning of this episode. It's like, what's, what's worse. I think is, I think it's worse. Like nothing from Elliot Friedman, nothing from Jeff Merrick, nothing, nothing from Bob McKenzie, nothing from any of these, any of these hockey people, nothing like, um, I'm curious to see if they touch on it on 31 thoughts. I really am. I, I'm probably going to email those motherfuckers and like, just like, and if they don't respond, I'm just going to pop like, uh, post it just because it, it's because to me 
I, like I said, similar to what I was talking about in the beginning of this episode, I know what barstool people are about. I know, I, I, I know that they're, they are deliberately pieces of shit. It's these fucking, um, like people that are, are know that things need to change. Talk about the game needing to have better culture, better values. This isn't even about the game. It's about like general fucking humanity. This like your fucking colleague's 16 year old daughter was like, was harassed because he uh, expressed why this company, which you were fine with associating, why why he was taking a principled stance of not being a part of it. Yeah, and it's it's uh, he basically said, I I don't want to go on that podcast, and then yeah. and then people started harassing his sixteen year old daughter, and, you know it's as as a domino effect because of it, and you you got to kind of draw that draw that draw that line there where it's like oh this happened because of that maybe there's a he, problem here the only people that did speak up were people that were you know um yeah there's a few lo lo lower on the broadcast totem you know and, and a lot of them were uh either either female like hockey reporters or writers or e like ian mendez was like probably the most like established one yeah and it's like oh not a white guy yeah and like that his tweet got like a matt larkin like i agree with you like it got like that and it's like damn you are like you you're trying to find the most comfortable place for you. gordon miller's broadcast partner is ray ferraro who has also done yeah um chicklets chicklets and like ray ferraro's fucking he loves being this like uh you know uh super sharp um old school will will uh be very critical of shit, of, of, of hockey players, about hockey culture, about all this shit. Quiet, nothing, nothing from him. And like, to me, that that's unbelievably damning. Um, it, it, but and it, it, to me, it just ultimately shows like that a lot of people like to, there, there's people that are shitheads, there, there's people that, that walk the walk and there are people that just talk. And I, I don't think we have time for people that just talk. It, and, and, and one of the most shameful things is probably because, you know, Chicklets has become such a big, um, it's become such a big sponsor um, or like a, it's big ad partner, whatever, you know, with, with the, the, the vodka, pink yeah, with, pink with the Pink Whitney and it's like- the pink, With the pink lemonade drink. Okay, which in and of, that's the indictment. Yes, yeah, you're being criticized for your business decisions. Like, like you should be reflective of that. And, uh, Gord Miller is, and clearly, uh, clearly Barstool isn't. And, and I, I know that this is, this is a, a longer episode, but it, it just, I, I think it's worth pointing out. Like there's the, the whole point of like, there, there was an interesting thing going on where people that were, were attacking Gord were simultaneously doing this thing where how dare you question a company's values where, uh, because you work for nbc bell well he works for tsn which i guess is a subsidiary of nbc and and bell or, or yeah. whatever um how dare you you say that like is your company clean and then also saying like barstools donated you know money to these businesses and it's like okay wait so gordon miller does good already so he 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 does things as well so does that Kids like and, and or actually the better examples those companies like Bell like and NBC like have done some good things they have they have a lot of 
a lot of baggage, obviously, a lot, a lot of gross uh, grossness there. Yeah. Um, toxic yeah. culture. But they've done. Have, is the argument that they've donated a shit ton of money? Like they, they're, they're they're huge corporations. They've donated a shit ton of money. I'm sure. So it's like maybe. So then technically, wouldn't that arguing point that whole concept of like arguing that goes out the window? So now it's just back to the merits of what Gordon Miller was saying and how it holds up about Barstool. You know, it's uh, people are just looking to fucking. Excuse them. So it's so it's so fucking, and and oh, so I guess maybe my last thought, the last thought that I had that I wanted to share on this was that, so they don't want to lose this business partner who, again, this is that's the whole point. <laughs> that's the whole point of moral stance. But do you do you, have people gotten in to hockey because of spitting chiclets? Have they really? That's a thing. That's that's uh, that that's a great point that I've never thought of. Where <laughs> spitting chiclets, much like most things, most things hockey and hockey media, it's really something for people that already like hockey, isn't it? Yeah. So it doesn't grow. This idea of like you're you're not grow. It, it, again, it's this thing that it seems like it's it's good for the game. Or it's it's more visibility for the game. You know, in in ad speak and whatever like uh however you want to pitch it on a corporate yeah. uh sales level but like is it is it really making inroads with people or is it just like is it really ultimately just benefiting this company but because this company is so good at branding itself again pretty trumpian very good at branding itself as being valuable like did it grow like, is it actually fucking, has it grown hockey? I don't think it's grown hockey at all. I think it's just a, a, a thing that people that already liked hockey gravitate towards. Yep, that's uh, something I've never thought of before. And it's like, th that's such a good way of putting it. It is something for, it that because that, why, once again, why do I, why do I guiltily listen to it it's because I like that peek behind the curtain where I like listening to players talk to players. No one, no one's getting into hockey, listening to hockey players talk with hockey players about hockey, a sport that they don't know or understand, you know? I, not, none of my friends that like, like sports I started watching hockey because of spitting chicklets. No. And if anything, when they, when they, hear and see shit like this they are like oh this is a fucking garbage game for garbage people um and uh yeah I, to me it, it's just it's uh it just makes it all that much more pathetic that they that you know it's and it's it's to the nhl's own failing they they, they continue to uh, kneecap their ability to grow the game because they're so busy trying to cater to people the, the, like the loudest people uh, that that already like it and that are uh, for various cultural reasons very protective about the game not being grown towards other people. Yep. Other people. Yep. Alright. So, you know, we're 10 episodes in and this is the second bar stool conversation we've had so 
We're running at about a hopefully. T- I hope yeah. We're running at about a twenty percent uh twenty percent rate here, where twenty percent of our episodes are going to have a long segment about the horrible barstool culture. So you've got that to look forward to, longtime listeners. Yes, yes, but uh, I, I mean, you know, um, it, it. What's interesting is that you know this is a weekly pod, so maybe hopefully we go a week without needing to to touch on it we we should touch on it a bit to see how they they wrap it well we should touch on it next week to see how they address it if they address it just kind of any kind of fallout curious to see what 31 thoughts says if they say anything curious to see what puck soup says uh you know i i have no doubt that those three would not mind bringing it up um and uh curious to see what they say themselves so we'll see. Um, all right. So we'll be back next week. Um, Avalanche are beating the Wild five one. By the way, they are. So yeah, so well, people, and and people are really right. People are really really right about that. The Wild are really fun to watch, actually. I'm telling you, and and so we'll see after. Honestly, you know, I'm not going to do a long preamble, but the the next four games are. Uh, I'm I'm hoping we get to talk. We we have the space and the levity to 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 be mostly hockey next episode because these these four games are huge. The Islanders now you know they're they're second in the division, and the next four games are Philadelphia, Philadelphia, Boston, Boston. This is this is the this is the this is the test. Yeah, you know what, you know what helps the Islanders uh, a lot tonight that we didn't talk about. Penguin, penguins lost in regulation. That's great. They lost to the Devils. Oof. Yeah, three to two. So it's a similar type situation. They were down three nothing. Game ended three to two. Islanders uh, lose to the Flyers. Down three nothing. They lose four to three. So similar type of situation. So Penguins gain no ground. Um, and uh, Flyers gain a little, but they're still out of a playoff spot. I think so. Big week ahead. Yep. All right. Um, and the only thing is the Bruins did win, but they played the Sabres. So that's, that's just throw a W on the board, no matter what. Um, all right. So we'll talk to you next week then. All righty. Peace. Now that she's back in the atmosphere, the droughts of Jupiter.